Well, this Sunday we have a very long gospel passage, uh, but it's very much worth hearing the whole thing because it contains the beautiful parable of the prodigal son. It's, this parable is also known as the parable of the two brothers, which is maybe a little bit more of an appropriate title. And uh, I'll just draw your attention to begin with to this phrase. It says that after a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and he set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance. A distant country. Now, this young guy, the younger brother, he wanted to put distance between himself and his uh, and his father's house. Really, in a more immediate sense, he wanted to put distance between himself and his father's commandments. Okay, that was really the issue from the get-go. Is that you know, here's this young guy. I don't want to be bossed around by dad anymore, and I'm out of here. And uh, so he thinks what he's doing is he's entering into freedom. Okay, he's thrown off the yoke of the tyranny of the of these commandments of his dad, and here he is. He's going to have a good time. Okay, and uh, the, the root error here in this young man's thought is that the commandments are an imposition upon our freedom, that they stand in between us and happiness, joy, fulfillment, having a good time, what have you. Okay. And, uh, but he soon learns very, very differently. He soon learn, learns that that is a false and immature understanding of the commandments. It says that he squandered his inheritance. Well, more literally translated, it says that he scattered his substance, that he scattered his very substance. And I think that that word at a deeper level, substance, is actually referring to the substance of his own personhood. You see, when we put ourselves outside the bounds of God's commandments, thinking that we're going to find freedom and fun, we are doing damage to ourselves. We're hurting ourselves. We're actually scattering the substance of ourselves. There's a process of disintegration, of personal disintegration that takes place at the, at the deepest level of our being. And we encounter incredible frustration at a very, very deep level of our heart. And we actually set ourselves against ourselves. When this inner conflict of conscience starts to come upon us, and there is a serious lack of freedom. Okay? So ironically, here we go, we're going to set out to find freedom, and we find lack of freedom instead. It's the exact opposite that takes place. And we see this in the next sort of line here. The young man wastes his property. Now he's got to uh, hire himself out to one of the local citizens. And the ancient Catholic theologians say this local citizen is a symbol of the devil. Okay, so when we give ourselves over to sin, we're subjecting ourselves to the yoke and the, and the rule and the authority of the devil. So again, ironically, seeking freedom, we actually enter into slavery. And uh, I think it was the very wise Bob Dylan who said, you got to serve somebody. So this is, you can't, it's inescapable, all right? And um, what happens is there's a process of dehumanization that takes place to the young guy. He's, he is lowered to the level of the swine. 
He gets right on their level. He's taking care of the swine. He wants to eat what they eat, but he can't have any. Okay. So again, this process of personal disintegration that takes place uh, through sin is a process of dehumanization. It's a loss of one's self and one's personhood. And uh, um, and then it says he longed to eat the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Now, a pod, okay, it's a pea pod. You take the pea out of the pod, and you eat the pea, and then you take the pod, which is worthless, and you throw it to the pigs. So it's something hollow and empty that this guy wanted, all right? And that's the nature of sin. Sin is hollow. Sin is empty. It's not nutritious. It doesn't really fulfill us. It's not truly good for us as human beings. All right. Although it might appear to be, again, because you know on the outside it looks like uh, it's a pea, but really it's just a shell with nothing in it. So uh, finally, this young guy, it says in our translation, he comes to his senses. More literally translated, it says he comes to himself. Okay, and so what we see here is the grace of conversion that's reversing that process of self against self, that process of disintegration that takes place through sin. There's a reintegration that takes place, a wholeness, a healing, a personal restoration that this guy is undergoing, and his reason is restored to him. He is now taken up above the level of the pigs, and his humanity, his rationality is being restored to him. He says, what am I doing? I'm going to go back. It was way better with my dad than it is here. So he, he heads on back. Of course, his father meets him with nothing but mercy. And uh, wherever there is true repentance and true conversion, we find only God's mercy and not his judgment. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, there's a lot of other things I could get into, but in the interest of time, I'm going to I'm going to kind of skip on to the older brother's response to all of this, okay? The older brother is not happy. He says, what's going on? He hears the the dancing and the music taking place. He finds out that they're throwing a party for his brother, and he is ticked off. Okay. Now, what he does is he refuses to enter into his father's house. And uh, what he's doing is really the exact same thing that the younger brother did. The younger brother said, okay, I'm not, I want to get out of my father's house. But in exiling himself from his father's house, he was exiling himself from his own happiness. And that's exactly what's happening with the older brother, the dummy. He's sitting outside the house. Everybody's having a good time. There's a party going on. And here he is refusing to, to participate in this happiness and in this joy. He's done it to himself, right? Uh, and what we start to find out, or at least suspect, about the older brother is that the same immature understanding of the commandments and the law that the younger brother had in the beginning of the story, the older brother actually has. He has the same concept that uh, the law, the moral law, and God's commandments are really holding us back from having fun. Because otherwise, why would he be resentful about his brother? He says, look, he went off and he, you know, he's, he wasted his, all his uh, inheritance with prostitutes and then you come and you do this 
uh, party for you give him this party. What's going on? It's almost as if the older brother kind of secretly would like to go off and have a good time with and waste his inheritance like his younger brother did. He too, okay, has this kind of immature understanding of the commandments and that they are really the key to our inner nature that unlock our own happiness as human persons made in God's images. <clears throat> image. They are, as it were, the music, the sheet music to the melody of our hearts. You know, it doesn't make any sense to say, uh, if you have the mentality that you're going to throw off God's commandments, it's like saying, okay, give me that instrument, and I'm just going to wail away on that violin without any kind of uh, understanding of the inner principles of that instrument, of the inner truth and the inner nature of music. I'm going to ignore all the sheet music and just start wailing away. You're going to end up making a mess. It's not going to be something beautiful. And so also with, our, with the instrument of our lives, we need to uh, follow the sheet music so that our hearts can sing with the true melody that God intended them to sing with. Well, so this, this older guy, he, he turns out to have really the same kind of immature understanding of the commandments as his, as his younger brother. And uh, the Lord, Jesus, is absolutely brilliant because what he does is he basically ends the parable with right there. We really don't know if the older brother learned his lesson. The younger brother did. The younger brother had that immature understanding of the law from the get-go, and he learned his lesson. I'll be at the hard way. He learned his lesson. He came to a place of humility, and he came to a place of wisdom where he started to understand, oh, the commandments are actually for my own good. Now I get it. Has the, young, has the older brother learned the lesson? We don't know. And Jesus ends it there because he ends it with a question to his audience. Remember, he's speaking to two groups, the sinners and the tax collectors. They represent, or they're represented by the younger brother. But he's speaking to the Pharisees, which are represented by the older brother. So he's putting to the Pharisees, he's saying, are you going to learn your lesson? Are you going to relate to God in this kind of external fashion, tit for tat, Quid pro quo. Is that your understanding of God and his commandments? Or is your understanding of God as Father that all that he has is yours? Okay, so this is the kind of challenge he gives to the Pharisees who have a misunderstanding of the moral law. Now, uh, my brothers and sisters, I'll just kind of end it with there, but I want to tie it into uh, something I'd like to do on Wednesdays when time and opportunity afford, and you can read about it in more detail on the front page of the bulletin. I'd like to give some, some teaching, some classes, basically, on Wednesday nights and talk about important things. The, uh, you know, the, the relationship between faith and reason, uh, a lot of marriage and family issues, which are always extremely pertinent and relevant to all of us. Uh, and then also some kind of like global issues, big picture issues, environmentalism, uh, global terrorism, all of these sorts of questions. Uh, but for the first uh, session, what I'd like to do for three Wednesdays is to uh, talk a little bit about myself and my own journey uh, towards becoming uh, a committed Catholic. When uh, I was 14, um, a very close family member, a family member with, with whom I was extremely close, uh, joined an evangelical church. And uh, what that, that had effect on me when I was 14, it kind of 
it sent me outside of the orbit of the Catholic Church, and I kind of spun off on my own in my teenage years. And I had a lot of questions um, and uh, that I didn't find any real answers to in, in the immediate environment that I, that I was exposed to. And then I actually eventually, which was really a kind of a good thing for me, is I actually joined my, this family member's church when I was in college, uh, this evangelical church. Uh, but by God's grace, little by little through much study and through talking to people who knew what they were talking about, um, I came back into full communion with the Catholic Church, completely sold out, totally committed to the Catholic Church. And really my priesthood is really just kind of a natural function of that deeper commitment to uh, Roman Catholicism. And uh, one of the many lessons I learned on that journey was the lesson that the, the younger son learned. And, you know, when I was a young teenager, God's commandments to me were, I mean, I didn't find them incredibly burdensome just a little bit, but I didn't really truly understand them. They seemed to me like an arbitrary set of rules and that really had nothing to do with my true happiness. Uh, but through maturity and through intellectual formation, I came to see clearly uh, the nature of the commandments and that they are the key to unlocking human happiness. So that's one of the dozens and dozens of lessons I learned on my, my journey back into full communion with the, with the Holy Catholic Church. So I invite you to join us uh, Wednesday nights. Um, it's going to be September 21st, October 5th, and October 12th. And that will be kind of like the kickoff session, and then after that we'll see what other neat topics we can get into.